Uh, if you've got your sermon notes, and, and I hope that you do, uh, they're super, super helpful. Plus, um, they have some information that you're going to need at the end of the service if you have not signed up for some things. Um, we're going to talk about how it's not too late to sign up for Trunk or Treat, uh, or uh, how you can sign up for our Thanksgiving dinner, which is actually this Wednesday, and you're saying, what? That seems early. Yes, we want to be your first turkey dinner. Everything has to stack up to us, okay? So, uh, so we want you to do that, all right? Um, guys, I'm in the book of Matthew, chapter 8. I love this story. It starts in verse 23, and I'm going to read through 27. And here is what the Word of God says. It says, As he got into the boat, speaking of Jesus, his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a violent storm arose on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But Jesus kept sleeping. So the disciples came, and they woke him up, saying, Lord, save us! We're going to die! He said to them, why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. The men were amazed and they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. And uh, perhaps you caught our question this morning. This is the 11th of the 13 that we're going to look at. Uh, It is there in verse 26. Jesus asked, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Uh, Fitting question, it is Halloween, right? Uh, So it is October 31st, good question for October 31st, why are you afraid? Also a good question because um, we know now, I actually read an article this morning, um, that over 18% of adults in the United States of America struggle with anxiety. That's just what's reported. The number, if you're looking for over 40 million adults every year battle with some form of an anxiety disorder, all right? Uh, that number is high, 18%. And, and you know what? Our children and our teens are affected by it too. That now, new statistics say that, that 8% of children and teens struggle with anxiety. Can you imagine that? And so this question that Jesus asked of us, why are you afraid, Seems like it has massive implications for our world today. And so that's what I want to talk to you about. Now, there's a couple of things that I want, to, I want to kind of lay bare before we jump into the text, right? There's just a couple. These aren't observations from our text, but these are just truths that I feel like we can't really get into the text unless we cover these. So here's the first one. I just want you to know uh, that what we'll find in the story when you read it uh, is something that we struggle with sometimes. Is, is, is this, that uh, sometimes the storms of life are a result of our obedience, right? That's not the first point of the sermon. These aren't, these aren't sermon points. This, I just want you to know, sometimes the storms of life are a result of our obedience. We have a tendency, y'all, when life gets hard, to look to the story of Jonah and begin going, okay, Lord, what did I do? What am I running from? What did I do wrong? And we just think that all, all the storms are because we're being disobedient. And listen, sometimes we are. But sometimes the reason that life got really hard is because we chose to follow Jesus, y'all. Like, that's, that's how it works. And so, I just, I want to encourage you. Sometimes the storms of life are a result of obedience. Second thing I'd share before we jump into the text is that sometimes God comforts our fears. Other times, He corrects them, right? Other times, He corrects them. This is one of those times. This is one of those correcting times with His disciples. And so, I, I just want you to understand that. Sometimes, He's just going to come to you and say, hey, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden and nervous and anxious. Like, just come here. Let me hold you. Other times, he, he's going to see something in why you're afraid, and he's going to, hey, we've got to address that. 
We've got to address that. This is one that has to be addressed, so we're going to talk about that this morning. Now, with that in mind, there are three things I want to share with you. And here's the first. It's the main theme of our passage this morning, and it says that sometimes we struggle with fear because our faith is smaller than it should be. All right? Sometimes we struggle with fear because our faith is smaller than it should be. And, and, and we see that. Let's take a close look at the question that Jesus asked. Okay, it's in verse 26. He said to them, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So he said to them, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? So the question, Why are you afraid? And then Jesus uh, adds this, what is a phrase to us, but is actually just a word in the Greek. It's one word in the Greek. And by the way, it looks like Jesus uh, created this word. Like, he, he creates things. That's what Jesus does. Uh, we don't find this word in, in like, other Greek writings. Just, just Jesus kind of makes it up. And he uses it a lot in, in the Gospels, right? He's talking about, why do you worry about what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to wear? You have little faith. So he uses this, this word a lot, you have little faith. Um, but so what Jesus is doing, hear me, he's attaching the disciples' fear to the fact that their faith seems to be too small. Now, notice, he doesn't say that they have no faith. He, he's, he's not like, hey, hey, why are you so afraid, you absolute, horrible, faithless people? Like, he doesn't say that. He's like, why are you so afraid? Why is your faith so small? Why is it such, in, in such an infancy stage? I, I don't know if, if you're gardeners, I don't know if you've ever planted anything, but you know, if you plant anything from seeds and it begins to just kind of barely sprout up, like, like there's this tender moment when you kind of have what looks like the beginnings of a plant, but that sucker is, is every time the wind blows two miles an hour, that thing's like, right? And you're like, please, no more wind, it's going to break it. I waited a month to see that thing sprout, right? Well, guess what? Paul kind of says that that's, that's us when we have a child, uh, like an infancy kind of faith. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul actually says the goal of the church, I don't know if you know this, but the reason why we, we assemble together to worship is so that we could be fed spiritually and we might become mature so that our faith wouldn't do that anymore, right? He says this, he says, then we'll no longer, uh, if, we, if we do this, we submit to the church and we grow up in maturity and our faith matures, then we'll no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning and cleverness and the techniques of deceit. And so Jesus says, listen, uh, why are you afraid? And, and he says, See, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's because your faith is small. It's because your faith is little. Right? And Paul would say, when, when your faith is little, it, it causes you to get tossed around by the wind and the waves of life. Now listen, if that's what Jesus is pointing out here, what a great, that's probably the best object lesson ever, amen? Like you're literally getting tossed about by the wind and the waves, and your boat's getting swamped, and he's like, this is what happens when your faith is small. Right? You need to grow your faith. So if that is the case... If oftentimes our fear, the reason why we're afraid, is because our faith is too small, then my question for you this morning is, then, then why is that? Why, why are we often of little faith? You ever ask that question? Why is my faith so small, so often? And, and I, I think there's two primary reasons, guys. Two primary reasons. And, uh, and here's the first. I think the first reason that our faith is so small uh, is because we forget. We forget, right? We forget the promises and the power of God. First reason I believe are, 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 we're of little faith 
Uh, Our faith gets small because we forget the promises and the power of God. So a huge part of Jesus' rebuke of the disciples, because this is a correction. He's correcting their fear. So why is he correcting their fear? Well, to to get it, uh, I I think you need to use Mark's parallel account of this event. And so in Mark 4.35, this is how it begins. It says, On that day, when evening had come, he told them, Jesus told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the sea. Let's cross over to the other side of the sea. Now, listen, in English, that doesn't look like a whole lot, right? You're like, okay, and? Uh, But here's the deal. This isn't written in English. It is written in Greek. And and Jesus uses a tense here uh, that we don't even have in the English language. And so uh, I I knew it was in the aorist tense this week, and I was trying to go back. Yo, I took Greek like 20 years ago, and it's been a while. It's been a minute. And, and so I was going back. I was like, the aorist tense, I know it, it has a, a semblance of past tense, but it's not just past tense. What is it? So I call my mentor. I'm like, Brett, what is up? Uh, explain the aorist tense to me because I don't remember. I took Greek like 20 years ago. He laughed at me. He's like, no, here's the best way I've ever heard it explained. So uh, let's imagine that you guys go to Disney World. Who's been to Disney? Come on. All right. Been Disney. I love Disney without all the people. I love it. Um, without all the, the prices. I love it. Uh, everything else about it is great. Um, so go to Disney. One of the things you got to do when you're at Disney is you got to watch the parades, right? The parades remain. So, so you should imagine uh, that you go to Disney and you say, hey, I'm going to watch the parade. And so active tense, that's what we use in English, you put yourself on the street corner and the first float goes by and the second float goes by and the third float goes by until the 15th float and the whole thing's over and you have actively, you've seen the parade go by. That's the English active tense, right? That's how we experience things. Now the aorist tense is a little different. Same parade at Disney World, only you are floating above it in a helicopter. And simultaneously you see the beginning of the parade, the end of the parade, and the middle parade all at the same time. You know the parade is coming. You know the parade will end. You know everything about the parade. And that's the tense that Jesus is speaking in when He says, let's cross over to the other side. He's saying, uh, we will be crossing over. We are crossing over. And we have crossed over. I, I see it from where I am. I've got it. This is going to happen. And it already has. You just don't know it yet. So when Jesus says, let's cross over, guys, it's not a command, it's a promise. And when the wind and the waves of life begin to beat against that boat, and the sea begins to swamp it under, the disciples forgot who Jesus was. They forgot that promise. He'd already seen it, that he knew what was going to happen, that he's the one that told them to get in the boat in the first place. And he said, we're getting in the boat Like, we're going to cross, we are crossing, and we have crossed. They forgot the promise of God. And you know what? That's us too, isn't it? Oftentimes, life gets difficult, and we start to get a little bit wet. And we go, wait a second, where are you, God? What what, what are you doing, Lord? Like, we, we forget that God has promised He'll always be with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us, right? So they forgot the promise of God. But not only that, guys, they forgot the power of God. At this point in Jesus' ministry, some crazy stuff has already happened. 
Right? This Jesus has been driving out demons. I mean, people like so possessed that you wouldn't even imagine. He's like, get out, and they're gone. They shudder uh, at, at times and, and like squeal and, and run away. Like crazy stuff with demons. Uh, he has, uh, he's healed people. He's healed lepers, and he's healed the lame, and he's healed the blind. He's done that. Uh, by now, if you, you took in John's account, he's already like, performed some miracles, turned water into wine. All those things have already happened. Like That's who's in the boat. Life got hard, and they forgot. They forgot. They forgot the promise of God, and they forgot the power of God. And friends, I love you, but you are prone to forgetting the same thing, right? As I've gotten older, uh, I know you guys experience this too sometimes. Sometimes I walk into a room, and I forget what I was doing. Anybody have that one happen? Like You walk into the room, and you're looking around like, what on earth? Was I? I did. I like. I, I'm. I'm so. I, listen. I'm. I'm slow, y'all. I'll have to pray. I'm like God. What? Like you promised wisdom. So what on earth? Why am I standing? Why was I heading in that direction? He's like, Yes. There you go, dummy. Okay, I got you. Right. Sometimes we need that spiritually. God, why am I in this boat again? Why? Why am I heading in this direction? Oh, that's right. You promised I'd get on the other side. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm in. Cool. Let's do this. A little water ain't gonna hurt us. Right? We got this. All right? So the first reason our faith gets small, right? And Jesus says, listen, uh, this is attached to small faith, right? That first point, uh, we struggle with fear because oftentimes our faith is too small. Jesus said that. You have a little faith. So, so why is our faith small? It's, it's, it's first off, it's, it's small because uh, we forget. Secondly, though, I think it's small because of our focus. Right? So that's the last point of the sermon, guys, is that our faith gets small when we lose focus on these two things, the presence of God and the peace of God. Right? Our faith gets small when we lose focus on the presence of God and the peace of God. So uh, this story for me and how it shakes out is, is it, it just brings up the story of Jesus and Peter walking on water, right? That's a different occasion. Uh, Jesus feeds the 5,000, then he tells the disciples to get in the boat. He goes off and prays. Then at night, he walks to them on water in the middle of night, and uh, they are freaked out. They think they've seen a ghost, and uh, there's another storm at that occasion. That's one of the reasons it, it, it's so similar. Uh, but Peter's like, it's not a ghost, it's Jesus. And he's like, Lord, if it's you, call to me. And, and Jesus calls him, hops out of the boat. I love that story. It's one of my favorites. Um, but you guys were remember in that story why it is that Peter sinks? You remember? Here, I, I'll put it on the screen for you. Matthew 14, 28 through 30. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Jesus said, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, now notice that word, when he saw the strength of the wind. It's not when he felt the strength of the wind. It's not, it's when he saw it. He took his focus off of Jesus. He got out of the boat, he's looking at Jesus, he's walking on water, but then he saw the strength of the wind. He kind of got some water on his face, he started to look around and dropped like a rock, right? And dropped like a rock. When he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. So I'm just going to combine these two. One of the reasons our faith gets small is because we lose focus on the presence of God. We lose focus on the peace of God. And that's what happens. They're so focused on the wind and the waves instead of Jesus who is with them. They feel like they're going to sink. 
And so they wake him up and they're screaming and yelling and he rebukes them because their faith is small. And so they, 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 they weren't focusing on the presence of Jesus. And, and listen, not only that, not only was Jesus present with them, but while he was present with them, he was completely at peace. They're not focused. Like, like Mark's account actually says Jesus is taking a nap with his head on a pillow. It's the only place you're going to find that word in the Greek. Uh, he, he's, he's got his head on a pillow. He is comfy, man. He is at complete peace with the situation. And man, they forgot the peace of God. I want to say this to you this morning in love. Um, as we see our Savior perfectly at peace in the middle of these people's storm. And they're full of anxiety. I just want to say this to you. Don't ever take what you deem to be God's inactivity in the midst of your anxiety as God not caring about you. Don't ever do that. That's what happens. We, we, we get anxious and fearful and, and we deem. That it's not that God's inactive. Like Jesus is in the boat. He's asleep. Uh, he's over everything. As, 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 as a scene, when he gets up, he's like, Shh, I got this, right? Don't ever think when you're anxious, you look around and you feel like God's being inactive. Don't ever think that means he doesn't care about you. Because listen, if God told you to get in the boat, he's already seen the whole thing. And he's at peace with the journey. And if he's at peace with the journey, you should be too. If he promises you're going to get to the other side, if he's the one that told you, we're going to do this, he's already seen this is going to work out. doesn't mean that the storms won't come. It don't mean that your ankles won't get wet. It means that he says, I am with you and I'm got you. And if God is at peace with something, now listen, if God is stirring your spirit, say, get out, do something, come on, change it, like, then you better be listening, right? right? But if God is at peace, then we should be at peace too, all right? So what do we do with uh, this message and this question? Why are we afraid? I think there's a few things we can do. Uh, number one, we can remember. Uh, I'm going to call them the four P's, and I gave you all the Scripture references. Okay, so I'm not going to read every Scripture for you. But I, I, I think we'd be mindful, by the way. I gave these to you. I want to encourage you. Go home. Print out each verse and stick it someplace you look during the week. I mean it. Put, put one uh, in the car. Put one on the mirror. Put one at work on the computer. Uh, put one uh, on, on your phone case. I don't, I'm serious. Or on your phone screen. Like, oh, dang, there it is. Make it your lock screen. That's cool. These four reminders this week, I want you to remember these four things. One, remember the promises of God. Isaiah 41.10 is full of it. Fear not, for I'm with you. I'll, I'll, I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. My, my, my righteous right hand will uphold you. I mean, it's just all kinds of... God's Word is full of those kinds of promises. So remember the promises of God. Two, remember the power of God. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. Like, that's who's in the boat, y'all. The one that has authority over everything. And so we don't have to freak out. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I? God's got you. The one that made the heavens and the earth is the one that holds you in his hand. Whew. If he can make you out of dirt, I promise he can make your circumstance into something special. All right? Remember the presence of God. Right? I'll be with you wherever you go, he tells Joshua in 1 9. Remember the peace of God. Philippians 4. 6 and 7, don't be anxious about anything, but present all of your requests to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will be yours. Okay? 
So remember those four P's. It's a big, big deal. Uh, second, we can't just remember. We also have to do something about our focus, right? We have to do something about our focus. So the first problem uh, why our faith is small is because we forget the second problem that our faith gets small is because our focus is off. So we have to increase our focus on Jesus. I think there's three ways you can do that practically speaking. I've given all those to you again in your notes this week. Uh, time in prayer. How's that going? Come on, be honest. Right? Some of you are like, it's okay. Um, typically, I ask people, how's your prayer life? And it very, by the way, uh, last week I said nobody ever comes to me telling me their week is good. It was really cool. I had two people reach out to me this week and go, my week's great. I was like, you guys are awesome. Y'all listen, okay? So uh, typically I ask people, how's your prayer life? And they kind of go, it's okay. So if your prayer life is killing it, let me know. Let me know. I'm killing it. Me and Jesus are tight. That's great. That's great. Most people, we can improve a little, right? When the Bible says pray without ceasing, we're like, not quite there yet. I kind of forgot like three days this week to pray at all. Right? So we can probably do better. So listen, increase your prayer time, whatever it was. All right? Uh, what are some things you do every day? Right? Some of you uh, drive to work every day. You get in the car every day. So, so think about what your daily routine is. Right? So if my daily routine is I'm going to have to get in my car and start my car, then just do this. Every time you leave, leave five minutes early. And when you go sit in your car and start it, and if it's cool, this will help because it's got to warm up, right? So sit in your car and, and make sure you pray before you start that engine every time, right? I used to tell this, I was a, I was a youth minister forever. I, I tell my kids, every time you enter a new class, say a prayer for a moment. Just got to help me focus on you. Something short, doesn't have to be long. But every, like, what is your routine? You know, I, I know you eat because you're here uh, and you're Baptist. And so, you know, again... Uh, and, and I'm not just talking, like, listen, when I say increase your focus on Jesus, uh, I don't think your focus on Jesus is God bless this food that I'm about to eat because it's covered in gravy, amen. Like, that's, that's not focusing on Jesus, that's you praying for a fairy tale. Uh, <laughs> don't let the cholesterol count, God. Uh, no, like, you've got to stop eating that stuff uh, all the time. So, occasionally, it's fine. But I mean praying to Jesus, Jesus. Man, I, I just, I, my focus hasn't been right. I want to think about you. I want to think about your kingdom. I want to think about your cause. I want to be yours wholly and completely. I mean, I mean you just, like, real focus on Jesus in prayer. Uh, I think you need to increase your focus on Jesus in study. Uh, if, reading the Bible. Listen, if, if you don't have a Bible reading plan, I, we've got some here. We're almost uh, done with it for our year. We, we kind of stop here pretty soon in December. Uh, it, but it runs through November. So listen, we, we got, we got read, something for you to read. So come read with us through November. And then in December, we're going to hand out Advent books. And we'll, we'll study all that together. And then we'll, we'll hit January. And we'll talk about um, when we kick things off again in February with our Bible reading plan. But increase your time in study. And then, guys, increase your time in worship. Bless my heart this morning. I wrote this Thursday. Uh, and we've had some crazy weeks around here. Uh, I personally have had some crazy stuff going on. Uh, my schedule every day, I'm like texting the, the staff, I'll be here today. I'll be there today. I've got this meeting today. And they're like, cool, we'll see you when we see you, evidently. Um, and so it's just been a little nuts. And so uh, time in worship. Uh, so this week when I wrote this, I was thinking, man, there's some people that I haven't seen. And I long to see their faces in church. And I'm seeing some of their faces in church. It's awesome. I, I know there's still stuff going on in our world, but I also know that we're going to work and we're going to football games and we're doing those other things, so we've got to come here too. We've got to. We've got to get back in the habit because you need other believers. You do. You do. I need other believers. I need, believe it or not, 
the pastor, when he preaches to empty pews, sometimes goes home and is like, Lord, am I doing anything right? Right? Iron sharpens iron. That's how it works. And so I want to encourage you, please increase your time in worship. And by the way, that's not just here. Also, again, in your cars. Uh, I have a habit. I, I love sports, and I have a habit. Uh, every once in a while, I get into listening to sports radio, which you can listen to for 15 minutes and have it all down. And so I've been intentionally trying every time I get in the car to listen to worship music and to be mindful of, of, of the Lord. And man, it makes a difference. And so increase your focus on Jesus. Lastly, uh, I would say this to you. In faith, be like Jesus. Take a nap. Right? In faith, be like Jesus. Take a nap. All right, God, you got this. I'm going to rest so much in you that I'm going to sleep. It's going to happen. It's important. I trust you with this. Okay? It's, it's good. Catherine has that shirt, by the way. It says, be like Jesus, take a nap. And I totally stole that. So it's not mine. I didn't, I didn't, didn't write that, but I love it. So uh, I want to encourage you guys in that, man. It's been so good to see you. And we have a couple really, really important announcements. Uh, Miss Catherine's going to lead us in. And uh, then I'll wrap up by just telling you uh, a little bit about what's going on uh, this evening. Okay? Thanks, Miss Catherine.